what if it's something along the lines of like I don't like how they wash dishes and I want them out today? Is that allowed? <laughs> well, <laughs> that <would be> jazz. <laughs> I feel bastard. like <laughs> if you're that picky, do not rent a room. <laughs> Fair, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, ladies, and welcome back to Perspective. Happy Maskless Monday, Maskless Ontario. Today marks the day. Well, technically yesterday, but the episode is out today. So this is the second day of masklessness in Ontario. I love how every week it's celebrating masklessness in Ontario. So it's like, in one week, we'll be maskless. Today, it's like, one day, we've been maskless. Ne- <laughs> is next week, like, woohoo, we're maskless for one week and one day. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't I don't think there needs to be an end to this celebration. Like, I really don't. Like, it's a big deal. Like, I've Honestly. been waiting for this moment. And obviously, I made a reel about it on my personal account. Like, I'm sure I pissed off a lot of people, too, which is sometimes I kind of Did like, you get any know. heat? No, I didn't. And so in fairness, I maybe didn't piss off anyone. But I did post like um, like a poll. Are you going maskless today or staying masked up? And one person said staying masked up. So I Who mean, was it? No, I can't. Tell me disclose. so I can delete them. No. Okay, just tell me now and I'll edit it. You don't it have them anyway. You don't know them. Um, okay. But in fairness, <laughs> that's their right. And we don't care. I you know. want to be maskless? That's, you, that's what we've been saying. It. Go on with your bad self, wear that mask, loud and proud, go for it. I don't care. Just don't rain on my maskless parade. That's all I ask. For sure. And you and I, obviously, I had to go to the store today just to, well, I've been, let's just say I've been maskless a little more, you know, before than just today. But anyways, um, I went today and today... Yeah, and it's fine because I guess down here is a little bit different of a environment than where you are because we had a little bit of a different experience. But when I went, it was glorious. And I felt I felt I was walking into shoppers and I felt like a whole different person because it was like legit. I'm not breaking any rules. This is legit. We're finally back to like normal life. It felt like a little bit. And everybody was maskless except for like one old lady and one disheveled man who did not probably know it was maskless monday anyways but anyways (laughs) (laughs) he he didn't get the memo excuse me no but every single person was not wearing their mask so that's how i'm like oh my god nobody's like hanging on to it yeah our experience was slightly different i was at a couple stores today and um most people actually were still wearing their masks when i dropped off my kids at school Everybody was wearing their masks, which it was like, okay, you're outside A and B, you know, you don't have to, but whatever. Okay. To each his own. Um, my kids did not. They were like the most thrilled. Like my youngest literally woke up this morning. That was the first thing he said, mommy, we don't have to wear masks. So I was like, that warmed my heart. Oh my God. But <laughs> the thing that killed me is I was at Canadian Tire and some people were wearing masks. Some people weren't. Obviously I wasn't. Um, but there was like a guy that was kind of wearing a mask. <laughs> So I'm like, he's not sure, dude. Commit to one or the other. What was it's it like, like under the nose or under yes! the chin? Okay, <laughs> it's under the nose. But you and know, so like, he's like the disheveled guy that I saw today. It's like he he's just been doing that the whole time. And he doesn't like know it's massless Monday. <laughs> like I'm like I 
like you must just like that because like it serves abs it serves as much purpose as not wearing it at all so i was just like all the people that are out there half-assing the masking like why you're Don't not wearing then. it stop <laughs> like yeah just commit pick a side for fuck's sake well you're not doing it so just take it off like you're not doing <laughs> you're, it you're not doing it like it's do like you know i know that you're i wear not my mask it? by in my pocket i carry it around that's me wearing my mask like stop <laughs> it's not you're not wearing the mask <laughs> <laughs> that's like partially wearing a condom just so y'all know zero protection I, like yeah i only like put it around the i can't even say like what part i tie it to the shaft <laughs> tie tied around like a white yeah, flag tie it around into a bow yeah <laughs> so technically it's on the dick yes technically but is it helping I'm, anything i'm no. wearing it just not properly <laughs> or you're just putting it around a finger or something like technically it's on my body but is it helping anything is it just as effective as the mask yeah <laughs> yeah so whatever we're not mask or non-shaming we're just saying like if you're trying to play the role of a mask wearer then you kind of have to wear it like just... but it's like confusing because like who are you trying to I'm, play that role for? I'm confused. Why how are you, do you identify? That for, is that maskless for me? or non-maskless? <laughs> like, what is, how are you identifying? Who's that for? <laughs> hey, maybe they just don't like labels. Yeah, fair. I'm a, we, I'm a fluid masker. We hear you. We hear yeah. you. We yeah, see it, you. It's we so hear not you. shame. Like, I'm so glad that I can do whatever I want that yeah. I, I would never care for you to do whatever you want. Yeah, even I if you're my friend care. and we're going out and you want to wear your mask, I won't even say shit to you. Go ahead. Go for it. Unless you're Ian and you're not allowed to wear a mask anymore. But anyways. <laughs> Unless you're my significant other and I own I'm not going to be seen with you like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what is kind of shitty and here's just like a lame way for me to drop my trip news. But we're going, we go from Canada to with no mask. And then at the end of this week, we're going to Portugal where I have to wear my mask the whole time again. So I'm not getting too comfortable maskless yet until I'm back. But anyways, I'm going to that Portugal. Is, that's huge news. <laughs> I'm so excited for you because I feel like this trip is going to bring some pretty incredible things. And I cannot wait for you to dish when you get back on the yeah, show like and ocean. Um, but I'm also extremely jealous and slightly hateful that you're going on a trip and I'm not. Also I know, and that's completely fair. On the trip, so like, <laughs> so fair. Love you, but fuck you. <laughs> no, you should say fuck you like ten more times because if the situation were reversed, I would be saying that. I'm not chill. <laughs> I'd be like, I we're not even talking about this today. <laughs> but we have to because stop trying to make this oh, show about you, Jess. God, yeah, <laughs> about me. <laughs> but. <laughs> No, I, I would be extremely jealous. Um, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no <laughs> Thank way to you. say it. I appreciate <laughs> you apologizing for taking a vacation that you deserve. It's fine. It's our fine. first vacation together. Ian and I, obviously, we spent the majority of our relationship in COVID. So this is like a big milestone for us. And uh, I'm freaking excited. I've never been to Portugal before. So it's going to be super fun. It's one week's time. Um and don't worry, we're not going to pause any apps. We're already prepared. So, yeah, all, we, all you get to hear about next week. Yeah. Don't no. y'all worry about that. And uh, we have an awesome app today because 
we are talking about something that's come up a lot in our social circle. Um, But first, we want to get to a few other things right off the top. Uh, Shout out to Socially Brooke. If you are looking for social media services, we highly recommend contacting Socially Brooke at sociallybrooke.ca. And also you can find her on Instagram at Socially Brooke. You can use uh, her spec of 10 for 10% off any of her social media management services. Uh, and you can just email that or um when you get in touch with her, let her know that you heard the ad on our show. Um, but she's amazing and you will not regret it, especially if you're looking to grow organically and just build your brand, business, or whatever. So that's sociallybrook.ca, perspective 10 for 10% off any sociallybrook services. But before we really get into that intro, Jess, bow, 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 that's your like super lame intro to tell us your I was today years old when because I know you have a good one. Um, yes, so I have a crazy one that really blew my mind. As I'm going to say it, I'm thinking, like, maybe it's common knowledge. I don't know. Uh, but for me, it certainly was not. So I was today years old when I found out that birds have holes in their head for ears. <laughs> Just a gaping hole underneath their feathers. I did not know that, so I okay. was also today years old. Um, but I did see a picture that you shared, and it is a literal, very a gaping circular hole. gaping hole. Like, I feel like lots of stuff gets stuck in there. I feel like how could it fucking not? And it's just a very strange, evolved ear like it's so weird like <laughs> imagine where, we all just had holes and no a gaping slope. hole it's hideous like it reminds me of Voldemort it's so ugly <laughs> just well our gaping holes if we didn't have like the rest of our ear would be well for women mostly be covered by our hair so we wouldn't be that hideous but um yeah no like it's weird and I have never in my life even thought about a bird a bird ear and Dora had I obviously because they're not visible so i never thought oh should i go exploring under their feathers i just assumed they were deaf (laughs) (laughs) me too but then now that i'm thinking about it that's what i said now that i'm thinking about it's so obvious that they must have an ear because they tweet to each other they communicate how else are they hearing that they're not sonar (laughs) (laughs) but i really hadn't really put a lot of thought in it before but even if it is sonar do whales have ears okay so i don't know like (laughs) I'm stumped. <laughs> okay, so the next guest we need is like a zoologist or a marine biologist or something. Yes. We clearly know we we know we do not know our animals. We we didn't pass grade one. Our obviously. animals. It's like we I don't know what kind of ears birds have or whales, so we need an expert to talk about. So we about know nothing this. about animals. <laughs> <laughs> um but the truth of the matter is we know nothing about animals' ears. Um I will say that. So yes, that would Unless be really they're cool. visible, then I feel like it's pretty obvious. That is <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, we are professionals. I know we are like educated professional women. I'm a mom. You you have children. <laughs> I'm, I'm out here just keeping myself alive, but still, I have a <laughs> and real your job. Nine hundred plant children. <laughs> I know. 
they thrive. I am worried about them on my trip. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm, Just have I've your thought crazy about neighbor it. Come water them. That bitch is not allowed in my house. She'll be up here smoking, burn the joint down. Knock on wood. How many times <laughs> I'm gonna oh knock on wood talking about her today? <laughs> <laughs> well, lot. she comes up in the yeah. episode. Um, because, uh, yeah, we are going to get into it now for sure, because this is the best segue ever. Yeah, and like you said, we have a fantastic guest uh, today. Super knowledgeable, as per usual. Um, This is something that's a little different from our wheelhouse, because we spoke with a paralegal. Um, So I guess it's not different, it's just another (laughs) female expert. Vastly different from our wheelhouse (laughs) of nothing. I remember our previous guest, but I'm like, no, we talked to lots of professional women. <laughs> all of them except us. We're the only non-professionals in all of the episodes. So I could have probably just done this show myself, but like we thought we'd bring Nadine on because like she might have like a little bit more information. So. She might know a thing or two more than us. Nadine like, is like, stop. This is not my intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love you, Nadine, and we are thankful you exist. Um we are joined by Nadine Little, who is a paralegal of Little Paralegal Services, and she is on the show to talk to us about all the things you need to know if you are becoming a tenant or a landlord, or if you are already one of those things, because you probably don't know what you should know. And she <laughs> is an amazing, knowledgeable resource and... Um, Quick disclaimer, she gives one too, but she is not giving legal advice. So don't like call up your landlord and bitch at them and say you heard whatever on her spectrum. Like Nadine said. (laughs) Yeah, like you need to actually like have her or a real paralegal, like not a real paralegal. She is a real paralegal, but um, a person that works in the field for you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, no, we're super excited to talk to her because like I said, just issues with tenancy and being a landlord has been coming up pretty regularly in our circle and just hearing about it, right? And like, it's about homes. We all have one. We all need one, um, no matter what way, what form it takes. So uh, why not educate yourself on it? Absolutely. Because I really wish I had the knowledge that I now have when I was a tenant. Yeah, it could help you avoid, you know, unfavorable Serious issues. Headache. Yeah. Serious headache. Yeah. Yeah. And money. Like and avoid expen- spending tons of money that you otherwise probably wouldn't have needed to. And just the headache alone, like saving yourself that. So um, yeah. yeah, Nadine fills us in on all things. So um, yeah, excited to have her on the show. Without further ado, welcome Nadine. Welcome to the show, Nadine. We're very excited to chat with you. We have a lot of questions. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Thank you for asking me. Yes, yes, thank you. And, you know, I guess before we get started, it might be a good idea for you to introduce yourself um, and let everyone know exactly your background, kind of all the good stuff you're going to bring to us today. Yeah, who you are, what you do. Okay, Um, so I am a licensed paralegal in good standing with the Law Society of Ontario. I've been licensed since September of 2019, and I own my own paralegal firm, uh, which I have been operating full-time since May of 2020. A good time to start a new business, eh? Oh yeah, pandemic was uh, (laughs) my push to do my own thing, so here we are. 
Um, I represent a great deal of landlords and tenants at the Landlord Tenant Board. Um, so I have a lot of knowledge about how that process works. Um, and I just want to make sure that everybody understands that uh, nothing I say today is legal advice. So it would be really important if you hear something that you want more information about, either reach out to me directly um, or contact your own legal rep to get more information. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, we always have to drop the disclaimers um, just because we don't want people being like, well, I heard it on perspective. It was Nadine apparently said. <laughs> Nadine said that we could. <laughs> Covering oh, our bases. Right. There's nothing wrong and, with that. And Nadine's. <laughs> yeah, and, you, and yours right. especially. Thank you. <laughs> but that's amazing that you started uh, your own business quite recently and in a pandemic, mm-hmm. no less, as Jess said. But I feel like your business would thrive during the pandemic. Like maybe this is really the best time for someone in your field to start. Well, actually, just before you get into that, can you explain like the difference? What what does a paralegal do versus a lawyer? I think that's um, like, in my opinion, a little bit more common. I would know what they do. So what can you explain the difference or what you do exactly? Absolutely. So um, paralegals and lawyers have similarities, uh, whereas we're both licensed by the Law Society of Ontario. We both pay licensing fees. We both have to pass an exam in order to be able to practice. um, And we're held to a high regulation. So they basically regulate everything we do. Uh, The difference would be that lawyers, um, you know, they go to law school, they have a little bit more schooling, Um, their bar exam is probably a little bit more intense because they are allowed to practice in different areas of law than a paralegal. Right. Uh, Paralegals um, can do any agency, board, or tribunal, uh, with the exception of immigration, which um, I am not that well-versed in, so I won't get into that. Um, (laughs) We also, yeah, um, small claims court is capped at $35,000, so a paralegal can represent you there. Um, But anything above that, a lawyer um, is somebody that you would have represent you. Uh, paralegals also do not do real estate, wills and estates, or family law. So um, those are all lawyer only. Um, so really the difference is just what we're allowed to provide, but but we are both regulated by the Law Society in Ontario, and we both, um, you know, have rules and, and things that we have to follow. Oh, well, that awesome. helps. I actually didn't realize yeah. that either. I didn't, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of our listeners didn't know, because you hear those two terms, paralegal and lawyer. And I think one of the misconceptions around that is that a paralegal works for a lawyer. Correct. Like, That's all what I the thought. time. Yeah. So um, a lot of times paralegals can work for lawyers. Um, and uh, quite often, if a paralegal does work for a lawyer, they can then do things that a paralegal practicing on their own cannot do just because they have that lawyer directing them on how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, so it's very recent that paralegals became licensed. Um, it was only t- 2007 that they became a, a regulated body in Ontario. And that's not the same in all of Canada. This is just Ontario specifically. So Um, I am licensed here. That doesn't mean that I can go and provide legal services anywhere else in the country without checking those provincial regulations. Wow. So do you still have to know all the laws the same way that a lawyer would? 
Uh, absolutely, but I'm going to let you in on a secret. Mm. Most legal professionals do not know the law in, in inside and out. Um, a good legal professional Fair. looks things up every time and makes sure that they're on top of things because things change all the time. Well, and oh. it's a billion things, so, so that would be kind of insane, <laughs> yeah. like to have to know all that and who the hell would there's no way so that's fair okay (laughs) thanks for telling us our first secret of the but it is funny that like in certain fields like a lawyer or a paralegal i think as someone who would maybe well people that don't really know the ins and outs of your positions and that sector just make that assumption like oh well they know the law Period. Like they're all the law. The law in all encompassing every law that was ever all made. The laws. They know it. <laughs> because isn't it like uh you know in like in well lawyers' offices you see all the books behind the desk and there's hundreds of them and isn't that all the laws, like millions of things? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Those books are there so they can turn around and open the book and read what it says. Fair enough. And it'd be impressive to even know where to navigate Obviously. those books. So yeah. good for good for you guys. Yes. And we're super grateful that you exist because we definitely need people that are willing to read the laws and learn them and know them and help for us, us poor, poor souls with certain situations, which is what we really want to get into with you today, because this is something that's been coming up in our social circles, like mm-hmm. kind of more than it ever has. And yeah. recently, so um, we're hearing a lot about people getting into difficult situations, either at with, as a landlord owning an income property or rental property with tenants or as tenants being kind of abused in a sense of like financially or just like pressured like just different things from a landlord and I think the people that find themselves in this position most don't really know what to do like what are your rights what can you do how do you protect yourself from these situations so I want to chat kind of about uh, becoming a landlord first with a rental property um, mm. because it does sort of sound like the laws are skewed to tenants because in my own – And is that uh, Justin, true? Is that true? But just as an example, in just in our so- social circle, we know people that are landlords and they have tenants that are squatting. Yeah. That won't leave. And you've heard of and, this uh, a lot like – surprisingly it's so to me it's the craziest thing to like squat to be in someone's home when you're a not welcome be not paying like you know i'm not saying that's what's happening always in all with all of our friends i'm just saying like it's just a crazy notion <laughs> that even exists yeah the idea that people can and do do that is kind of crazy mm-hmm. yeah so it's just yeah. like phyllis and nadine like what how, like yeah. how do people get into these situations how do they protect themselves like or where yeah. to start if you want to be a landlord. Sorry, that's 1,000 questions that, for you. But that you're is, a paralegal, yeah. so I, I know you can handle it. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to all the questions. Yeah, um, piece of cake. So, Fast fire. That's right. So to start, um, I want to uh, point out the difference um, between somebody's house and somebody's home. Um, if you're going to be a landlord, we really need to get past uh, feeling like The house that you own as an investment property that you rent out, that is not your home. That is just a property that you own. Your tenants live there and it is their home. So it's really important to remember those two things. Um, Also, 
Uh, that being said, that doesn't mean that it's not your your property and it doesn't mean that you don't have rights to it. Um, it's just really important to remember that everybody is entitled to a secure place to live. So if you're going to get into investing, you need to make sure that you personally can differentiate those two things and uh, mm, be able wow. to provide a, a safe place for tenants to be because everybody does have that right. That's a really good point because I do think yeah, people probably are like, but it's my house. Like, it's my house. Like, you're just right. in my house. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, no, it's not your house because you don't live there and you got into this arrangement knowing that someone else was going to live there. But I, I that was like really – it's really important because I would actually not think like that personally. Not at all. My house. I, I see it in both mine. ways. Yeah. It's yeah. like huge. And I'm looking at it from the perspective of I haven't even bought my first house yet. So the fact of like getting there, buying that first house – and then being like, it's not yours anymore. It's someone else's. To me, it makes me feel crazy. Like, that makes me feel sick. But I understand if you're doing that, <laughs> you're in a different position, right? Right. Um, so to address your next question, how would you get started? Um, I mean, honestly, be ready to invest a great deal of money. Um, be able to make sure that you can pay um, some of those required payments like mortgages without tenant income because there will be times where you know you you may not have that that rental income coming in and that's not to say that all tenants don't pay their rent but while you're trying to find the perfect tenant for that space you may have to cover the mortgage in the interim so make sure that you have a lot of money saved up beyond your down payment okay um the next thing When you have tenants coming, make sure that you run them through an application process. Um, You know, an application is only really good on the day it's handed in, as we know, but um, it really shows. I did not know that. No, we don't. I don't know that. What do you mean? No. Okay. So if you apply, it's, it's like if you apply for anything, your application is only accurate until the day you hand it over. So if you're applying for a job, it, it only tells the truth about you until that day, right? Um, okay. you know, like, like yeah, you work somewhere or, or if you apply for a mortgage at the bank, you know, your financial situation, it only updates you to that exact moment in time beyond that. Anything else could change and it might not be accurate anymore is all I'm saying. I just thought that we had to kind of go with the impression that that was like the, the reality and I can't right. just like blow everything up tomorrow, you know? Oh no, you I shouldn't felt- blow things up. <laughs> That's uh <laughs> Figuratively um, or literally. <laughs> right. But, you know, for example, I could I could be employed today and tomorrow maybe I'm laid off. So an application really only gives you the information up until the time where it's handed over. Things can change after that. But the application okay. process, you should have a potential tenant um, come and view the unit because maybe they aren't even wanting to live in a space like that. So have them come and view the unit, fill out an application. There's forms online. Um, there's multiple ones. You can get them on PDF filler. You can download the one from the Ontario Real Estate Association. There's tons. Have somebody fill them out. Make sure that you get a way to do a credit check or that they can provide proof of income because that way you know that you can Um, that you're going to have the rent money coming in. You can do a credit check or a background check if you require. And it also gives you a chance to chat with that person and see if you have an amicable start out to their landlord-tenant relationship. Um, That's good. And does that cost, That would that cost the landlord money to have do credit checks and background checks? It can. Um, it's, it's usually very, very minimal, you know, 25, I think, 
$25 I think was the last one I had done, but you can also have um, the tenant themselves go to the police station and provide you with a background check so it can come at their expense as well. But it makes mm. sense, right? Worth like, it. It's worth it, mm. obviously, right? You suggest this? Right. Um, I think that it's always good to cover your bases. Um, so yeah, these are just sure. just ways of doing that, right? Um, it and is also that something that you, you then can yeah. use later? Sorry to interrupt. I just that's okay. Like it, it could, if you needed to, and we'll probably mm-hmm. get into it. But it's like, no, we have this background check, like because they can't lie, right? If you right. have that, whatever that information shows shows is is accurate, right? Um, and you know. You're not allowed to discriminate, obviously. So you can't hold something against somebody. But, you know, for example, if you have a unit, say you have an apartment building and there's lots of children in the building and a background check does not come back clear for that, you know, this person shouldn't be near children, for example. And I know this is a terrible example, but this is just why it's important to do it. Then but that it tenant true. would, it, they would not be good for that space, right? So that's, but that's really what we're the not allowed to discriminate. Can't we discriminate oh, against people like that that we don't want in our property? Like, what if it is um, something like that? Okay, so it would not be discrimination necessarily because it would be an accurate form of information and it would have to be specific to the situation. Do I okay. encourage you to say, no, you didn't pass the background check, so you can't move in here? Do not do that, okay? It would, it's really good to be <laughs> diplomatic and be open to everybody because people do change also. So you might have an excellent tenant who will never cause you an issue and will not be a problem in the building or in the unit. Um, so you really, you can't really use their past against them, but it is something to keep in mind. And if that was something that was on an application though, or that was a a background check, sorry, I should say, Mm -hmm. that could, that would have to have been like a conviction or would that be like a charge? Right. It would have to to be be a conviction. conviction. Yeah. And maybe, and I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to defend people that have anything that would say that they shouldn't be around children um but maybe it was a conviction (laughs) i you but you know what like the thing is maybe it was a conviction that was like based on something false right yeah right so so that and that's another possibility it could be false so you know you you have to use your common sense here and you you want to make the best decisions for your situation obviously um you know it's it's really just whether it's um, I'm trying to think of another example. So, uh, for example, you are not allowed anymore to have no pet clauses. So if somebody has a pet, you cannot turn them down as a renter for that reason. Um, so, you know, unless that pet causes issues within the unit, um, you know, if they damage it how will it you know or... it till it's too late? Like, that's my that's... thing about that, too. <laughs> That's the risk you take. So if you choose to have a unit where you don't want pets, you simply cannot tell people that they can't rent because they have a pet. You would have to say, I'm sorry, I found somebody else who, I'm sorry that this didn't work out. Please uh, apply to my other units in the future or, you know, best of luck on your search for a place. Um, That's like a job, right? Because like you go for the interview, you hand in your resume, they have all your information. Yeah. And then they call you and either say you got the job or you didn't get the job. So it's right. not like people necessarily would know that you yeah. were not chosen because of X, Y, Z. Like it's just you just. That's why the it. discrimination part is like, how would you even know how like maybe you do maybe everyone discriminates all the time. We just are yeah. more diplomatic in how we respond. Right. 
you are very correct. That's all it is, is, okay. is about is how you respond. Um, I obviously cannot imply whatsoever that it is okay to discriminate. Um, you know, <laughs> everybody is now bound by the human rights code. Um, so you have, you can't hold anybody's religion, race, uh, ethnic background, any of that can't be held right. against them. So you can't use any of, of those reasons. The only time that that applies is if you... Um, are renting a room and you're sharing as a landlord the kitchen and washroom with your tenant and then you're allowed to be a little bit more choosy about what your standards are okay no that's fair that makes sense um yeah i mean that all makes sense just for like you know being a human being in the world as well (laughs) Mm -hmm. try not to be rude to people (laughs) be diplomatic when you speak to people um so that's just all around good advice i have a couple questions in terms of landlord tenant relationship too because we are speaking right now based on a rental property. This isn't the same if you rent out your basement or your upper floor um, where you maybe reside in too. So you are the landlord, but it is your house and your home also. Is that so is there still like the same a different thought process? Set of, yeah, because, yeah, is that when you get to be more choosy also? Like, okay, I live upstairs. I'm renting out my basement for supplementary income. Um, I don't want someone to have a dog or a cat down there for fear of damage to my property, which I may eventually want the basement for myself. Or um, what if you're so how- a single woman and you don't want a man down there? Yeah. But I've seen I've seen things where it says female or single person applicants or only. Student, you know. Yeah. And then should we even get into smoking and things like that? Yeah, for sure. So I can answer all of those questions. Um, so, so if your basement, say you have, you're going to rent out your basement apartment. Okay. Um, those rules still fall under the residential tenancies act. So you still cannot, uh, discriminate. Um, you still have to be fair in your application process. Okay. And it would still go to the landlord tenant board if there was an issue. Now, um, if you have an allergy to animals, you can, in fact, say, especially if you have a shared ventilation system, you can definitely bring that up. But you do have to be very careful, again, how it comes up. Um, And it has to be a provable allergy. So don't say that you're allergic to dogs and cats if you're not, because that can be held against you. Because you'll have to show, like, an allergy test? Right. They could ask for that. Or a doctor's note? Right. They discriminated against me because I have a dog and it's a shared ventilation system and they don't want my dog down there. Well, then you're going to get dragged to the landlord tenant board or the human rights commission and you're going to have to prove that you do in fact have an allergy. Not Does everybody that is a like lot? that. Uh, I wouldn't say it happens a lot. I'm saying it could happen. Um, okay. So- this is what, sorry, I, it just came to me about my point about where I'm caught on the discrimination because why can't we have a preference? Like, if I was renting out, I would not want, uh, a, like, 100 cats or smokers or random men down there if I was alone. I- I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel well, like I'm, I'm bad sure you for feel discriminating. That way, Jess, but the, <laughs> right? the law actually isn't designed around your preferences, <laughs> right. believe it or not. But why can't – I guess your whole thing is you can secretly <laughs> if you don't say anything, right? Yeah, I think yeah, – We have to be able to preferences. <laughs> Yeah, which Nadine so, clarified and said, like, you just wouldn't out and out tell a person, be like, well, you're a dude, so you can't have this place. Right. I don't feel comfortable with you living downstairs. <laughs> you would just choose yeah. a different applicant or, like, I don't like your dog, so you can't live here. I don't want your cat Yeah, what if the dog sucks? 
So you don't know these things. You are not thinking of it if you are actually in this position. Right. I am. I'm thinking if somebody was living with me and they had the worst fucking yappy dog, I would fucking hate that. So, but then you would you would be able to apply to the landlord tenant board and say that their dog is making too much noise and then you would you know, hopefully the landlord tenant board would see it your way based on your evidence and assist you with evicting that person. Um, So where, where you get to be picky is if you're going to rent a room within your house. If you as the landlord share a kitchen or a washroom with your tenant, then the Residential Tenancies Act does not apply. So you can be a little bit more picky because you are sharing your personal space. And also you do not need to apply or issue notices to have that person evicted. You can say to them one day, this isn't working and you need to leave. So... That's but another... what if they squat? Uh, they So in that situation where they're renting a room and you're sharing space, you can call the police and the police will assist you with removing them. So like it's immediately. An outside. Yeah. Yeah. They'll oh, okay. ask that you be reasonable and that you allow them to get their belongings. But essentially, if there's a problem, you don't have to go through the landlord tenant board process. What if, if it's something just like kitchen? What if it's something along the lines of like, I don't like how they wash dishes and I want them out today. Is that allowed? <laughs> well, that would be Jess. I feel bastard. like if you're that picky, do not rent a room. <laughs> Fair, okay. Yeah, I think you have to have some things in place before you get to that point, like knowing yourself, which right. you would be the example of that. Like you can't, you couldn't live with anybody. I need my own Except kitchen. Ian. Yeah, because Ian washes the dishes exactly how I like it. <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, that's an interesting thing, though, because maybe you get into that situation or that agreement with somebody. And a lot of the times it could be like a friend or it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And then you break up or you have a falling out and you're like, well, I don't want you living here anymore. Get the hell out. And they're like, well, I'm not going to because I have nowhere else to live. Like, this is where I live is my home. Yeah. Yeah. Now. You know, that gets even more messy if it is a boyfriend or a friend. Um, And I really can't speak a whole lot on that situation because it's a little bit outside of my scope of knowledge. But um, because really all they could do is call the police. Right. And in general, my my advice to you is if you are worried about a friend being like that, don't don't share a house with them. (laughs) Don't do it. I know. Maybe they're not a friend. (laughs) that's crazy right I know but it's just it's so funny when you think back to like when I was younger because I was in similar situations now I did not own the property so it was obviously quite different but I entered into an agreement with a friend at the time Mm -hmm. we shared an apartment we both had a room and it was a terrible situation after however like you know we lived together for like a year and hate to say it but she like went crazy she was awful and I was like how bad could it be well, she just, like, she couldn't pay. Like, it was always like, oh, can you, like, you know, I'll get the money next month or all in a couple weeks. And it was just always all the same, like, shit. Like, it's all that stuff. And then it was, like, having, she'd have, like, random guys come through. And I'm like, I live here, too. Like, who the hell are these people? Then she'd be messy. Like, it was just a bunch of stuff. It was, she just changed who she was, which when I got into this arrangement, it was great. We were really, really good friends. And then... Time goes on and it was like, who the hell are you? But when we both were renters, like I can't kick her out. So we ended so up you living would have together had to leave. for or what we did was we just ended up living together for a more time and just like never spoke. 
It, it got really Ew. ugly. That's a, that that's a story for another time. But yeah, it got really ugly. And then I eventually did move out. It was in college. So I was finished college. So I got to leave. But it was like, even that caused problems because she like stayed there, but then like wouldn't pay. So it was like, but I no longer live there. Anyway. Okay, so here's the question. There's just, like, so many situations. If that was the case and, say, Lauren is now left, she has to obviously, like, go to that landlord and be like, this is on her now, and Lauren has no... What if there's a lease or something? Like, does she still have to, like, pay it out? and Or she's responsible at least till then? Or is she free to go? So, um... There's different rules around student housing as well, um, which again, I'm it wasn't not as... specifically student no. housing. It was okay. just we rented like adults. Yeah. yeah that's so, it. so the best bet in that situation would be for Lauren to go to the landlord and talk to them about it and say, you know, I've always paid my rent. Um, I'm going to be finished school at the end of April. I'm going to be moving out then. So I, I would like to have my name removed from the lease. Um, if you have a reasonable landlord and you you are able to talk to them, they'll they'll probably agree with you and understand, and it will all be okay. In a situation where there's a lot of rent arrears and maybe they can't prove that you are the one paying the rent, which is why I always suggest e-transfer and not cash, or you know check and not cash. Um, Good point. People take know, note. Yeah, transfer paper trails, right? Um, and then that way too, you know, you have proof that it's happened and if you don't get a rent receipt it's okay because you can prove all of the rent that you've paid throughout the year so there's many benefits to that but in that case if if there was no way to prove it then it would be possible for the landlord to take both tenants to the landlord tenant board um, and then it would have to be battled out there which could get very messy so it's important to make sure that you cover your bases and make sure that you have a good working relationship with the landlord so that if you do need to leave you can tell them the situation and end your portion of the tenancy. Or would you suggest next time, even if you are going with a friend, boy, no matter who it is, getting your own, like, if the rent was $1,000, getting, like, a $500 rent and then a $500 rent separate or something like that? It's definitely something that should be put into the terms of the lease. So if you are splitting the rent, you know, there's a, a space on the lease for terms and you could have that as a clause in the terms that each tenant is responsible for this much of their rent each month and then... Um, that way you're bound by that and not responsible for the whole thing when that like close up the loose ends a little easier so say she did want to leave like that would solve all of that right it would help for sure okay now i would say in that kind of a situation knowing this just these few things now i would think if i was getting back into that world which i hopefully never will have to in the renting me being a renter world i mean um but for people that maybe listening that are younger and like they're in these kinds of situations this is when i would say maybe reach out to a paralegal and have them go over a lease agreement with you and and like make sure the clauses make sense if you're you know two girls are sharing a place boyfriend girlfriend whatever like have those conversations obviously with whoever you're sharing a place with and then also say for both of our safety for both of our protection just in case like let's speak with a paralegal to make sure like the clauses all make sense because i would never have even known that was a thing Me you're neither. so young still at that point like i'm but talking you're still having 20s. to do adult things you're but you you're very not taught much are this. living in an adult world and and my parents have been landlords which i've mentioned on the show before like all my life anyway and even when i started renting places this wasn't a conversation like my parents weren't like oh make sure what's your lease agreement until something happened 
And then I was like, oh, well, what does this say? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. So it's I like, know. it's very daunting. And, but again, knowing what I know now and what you've said, Nadine, it just makes sense. Like invest that couple hundred bucks. Cause I mean, I feel like I'm not speaking for what your fees are, but I feel like maybe it's that much to just have that peace of mind um, to know that somebody that knows what they're talking about and is like very fluent and everything can say like, you're good. Like if something happens, the, you're good. These are the types of things that we all learn the hard way usually. Yeah. Um, some people just scooch by and then you don't even know about it because it's all good, you know, and, and that's obviously ideal. But you don't learn about what can go wrong until it goes wrong. We're not taught exactly. these things. We're not even educated about anything. Like, I don't I don't know. I never was taught about a contractor, um, you know, um, so it might be nice to just like have or encourage or normalize speaking to a professional about these things. It's like a rent prenup, right? Or a, totally. a, a contract exactly prenup. It it's the same thing. Um, but you're I think people get worried because then it's like, oh, if it's a boyfriend or girlfriend, oh, they'll be offended because people get offended yeah. by marriage prenups, right? And it's like, but it's just to protect us all. My thing is always you don't buy insurance because you know you're going to get in an accident. You buy insurance in case you get in an accident, right? And right. that's not like a weird thing. We all pay out the ass for insurance and knock on wood, don't ever get into yeah. any serious accidents knock or any on at all. Wood, man. <laughs> but um yeah, like I, I I agree. Like we need to normalize people that are entering these agreements when they're still young. Maybe they don't have anyone that can advise mm -hmm. them. It's really important to speak to someone like Nadine um, right. to just make sure that you are covered because it is 100% true that you don't know for sure until you are in those situations. And I found out the hard way too in a, a different situation. And then there's other things like this stuff could affect your credit because if you mm. have – if you're not – if you're like, no, I'm out and you're not paying rent, now, you know, you're getting – creditors contacting you for outdue or past due rent like there's right. just so many things that so many ways this can follow you later in life plus mm -hmm. never mind getting a reference yep. for another place yes. like it's just it's such it's a, a small thing up front yeah. to take care of things later yeah absolutely so um some information that that you know potential tenants should really be aware of um is that um, in the last couple of years, it's become uh, required that a landlord give a lease on a standard lease agreement, which is available online. So if you do not get a standard lease agreement, it is not what you should be signing. Um, so and it is labeled very clearly. As opposed to a lease that's been drawn up by the landlord, handwritten like, or... Like in Word you know. document or something? Right. Absolutely. So there is, it's a PDF that's available online called a standard lease agreement and it is required and just Googling it will bring up the results. So if you don't get that, you should be questioning the, the validity of the lease. Okay. Interesting because start we there, kind of talked everyone. about it before. Yeah, start there. But we kind of talked about it before too. Um, like before we got on the call is that back when we were renting, like Jess and I specifically, you'd literally see a for rent sign in a window and you would just walk in and be like, can I rent your place? And they'd be like, sure. Or here's I first month. Like, yeah, you know? first and last. Yeah. yeah. I like don't even remember signing anything. I think most of my rental things were month to month too. Like not even like long term. 
right? So it's okay if your lease says month to month. Um, you know, generally a lease is valid for one year. Um, and if it expires, then it turns into a month to month lease until you meet with your landlord and agree to sign a new lease if you decide to, to do so. Um, it's It can be really, really stressful not knowing uh, but sometimes moving into a month-to-month lease is actually better especially if you don't know if you're going to want to stay in that unit um, but that's that only better you for you right. because it's As not it wouldn't be stressful the other way around because they can't just kick you out right but but some well they can because you can have reasons to end a tenancy and you can't end a tenancy without a valid reason so um, whether it be rent arrears or, you know, the intention to live in the property or if you're selling the property. And again, the best thing to do is to always just have a conversation. Um, whether you're the landlord or the tenant, if you want to change the situation, just try talking to the other party first so that it's amicable. Um, so many times I see things happen that, um, you know, it's out of control because a, an amicable relationship between the two parties gets turns bad because one of the parties decided to do something and didn't talk to the other party about it. Like uh, raise the rent a ridiculous amount or something like that? Yep. So um, tenants are actually, um, there is a, a percentage that landlords are allowed to raise the rent. So tenants should never have to worry about crazy rent hikes. Um, a landlord can apply for an above guideline rent increase, but generally they have to prove that they've done some sort of um, you know, some sort of work to the unit or upgrades, you know, that are above and beyond regular standard maintenance. Um, and for this year, the applicable rent up- upgrade or the rent amount to um, up rent by is 1.2%. So, um, and it changes every year. For for example, in 2021, it was a 0% increase that was that was applied. So nobody could raise rent in 2021 due to pandemic. Um same as at the end of 2020, there was no evictions being issued because of the pandemic. So rules change all the time and the percentage for rent increase changes every year. Um, and there is a formula for it, but really all you need to know is that it's a standard amount unless the landlord applies or you two speak about it and you come to an agreed amount. So that's interesting because could raising the rent above what is typically like the standard annual amount be for a reason like well rent is going up like crazy everywhere like what you could get for this particular property now is like a thousand dollars more than what you're paying like can i don't know if that's the right term is market rent like you're not paying market rent you need to market be paying value. market rent or market value or what if the bills all went up as things do gas yeah so like- Hydro, so water, yeah. If you're if you include utilities in the rent, then what you would have to do is you would either be allowed to request a utility increase or a rent increase, but you cannot do both. Mm, so you would okay. have to apply for an above guideline rent increase if if you wanted to include a higher amount for utilities as well as upping the rent with the standard increase amount. And who do you apply to if you wanted to do that as a landlord? You would apply to the landlord tenant board. Um, and okay. you would then have to wait for a hearing or for them to review your file and decide if they agree. If you are applying for an above guideline increase, then you would have to prove why you're applying for that. Like you would have to have a good reason. It can't just be because market Arbitrary. rent is this. Right. I want more it, money. It has to be. <laughs> right. 
I mean, and if that's the reason, excellent. We all want more money, but you have to be fair. And that goes back to the security of tenure and somebody having the right to a safe and secure place to live. Right. Which makes total sense. And I agree with that. Like, yeah. that would be constant, right? A land, mm-hmm. If people knew that they could just arbitrarily up rent yeah. or utility bills or whatever. Unfortunately, most people probably would do that all the time because, like yeah. you said, we all want more money if we can get it. Absolutely. Um, but... So moving into like the landlord side of things, it sounds like we kind of touched on earlier. It sounds like the laws have become incredibly skewed towards Mm -hmm. favoring the tenant. And that's how we get into these situations of people ending up with squatters in their home. And I don't know if that's like a mean term. I'm not I don't mean it to be. But like, I'm sorry, if you just decide to stay in someone's property, try not to use Mm -hmm. the word home (laughs) Um, excellent learning and you uh, knew you were supposed to pay you agreed to pay you were paying up until x point and then you just stop and and Mm -hmm. a valid reason for wanting to move in like they want to move or sorry you to move out they want to move back in they are selling um i don't know can can it be for a major renovation like can you evict for because you want to do a major renovation You can, but there's a lot of rules surrounding that as well, Um, you know, including providing three months rent to the tenant Mm -hmm. that you're asking leave. Um, And then you're supposed to give them the option to move back in, but they have to tell you in writing if they want to, and you can't up their rent anyway without applying for an above guideline rent increase. So it's really messy. Um, and again, I go back to having a conversation with the tenant before issuing any notices because sometimes you can come to an agreement. And then if both parties have a, an agreement, you can sign an N11. And that's just an agreement and tenancy. So both parties fill out what they are agreeing to and then you're bound by this agreement. Um, now the tenant can still stay uh, because of course that's how that goes sometimes. So you would still need to apply to the landlord tenant board as a landlord. Um, for that to move forward, but you do have the option of coming to an agreement as well, which is often better than trying to pursue through the board um, and and creating a less amicable relationship. So what if somebody, what if they came to the agreement, everything signs, we're all agreeing, I'm leaving, and then I don't leave? Right. Yeah, that's a situation like that the come up in my... Yeah, the reno people are showing up circle. today because they think it's, you know... Time to start. Or a house is sold, and they're like, "Okay, this is the date you're moving out," and they say, "Yep, okay, I agree," and then they don't leave. Is somebody gonna come in and move all of their shit on the lawn? Like, what happens? So, what happens if you sign an N11 or you come to a, a consent agreement? It's often as a landlord still best to file an application with the landlord tenant board and tell your tenant you're doing it if you've come to this agreement. Say, "Hey, just to protect myself, I'm still filing." So if you have an N11 and you've both signed, then you can file an L3 application, which is just a form that goes to the board. They'll review it and they'll they'll agree with it basically and issue you an order. So then if your tenant doesn't leave, you have grounds to go to the sheriff to have them evicted. Um, I didn't even know we had a sheriff. Sounds like an American term. It's uh, it's just um, an individual. It's an officer of the court, basically. So you would go to the courthouse and file your notice and there is a fee that goes along with it. And they'll tell you what day they're going to come and change the locks on the door and they'll post a notice on the door of the unit. What and if then the people are in the house the when they change the locks? <laughs> they will tell them they have to leave. It's a it's so a I mean, 
though this situation that is like the best case scenario usually right Right. like you go through everything happens all nice and neat but i feel like that's very rare um and again just drawing from experiences that are taking place in our circles um Mm -hmm. it is also a very lengthy process so you could sell your house there's the tenants are supposed to be out at a certain time then they just don't leave the house is sold you've got new people trying to move in and they can't and now you're just dealing with like all the. but are you still dealing with that if that's the case yes so as in the landlord or paralegal or the previous owner like if you've sold your house and then people are there you're sold you're done you've left but they that old tenant's still there and the new owner's showing up on moving day with their truck who why are you still dealing with it run so there's there's two things that go along with that um generally you would not have your closing date on the same day that your tenants are supposed to leave that would be a very bad idea for that exact reason okay. so generally you would like some sort of space whether feel like that's whether, common sense jess you know well i just uh, mean like you know yeah. maybe not the same date but you know what i mean right yeah so in that case um if the purchaser is unwilling to take over the property with the tenant still there and work on evicting them themselves, then they um, can agree to sign an extension. They could ask for their deposit back. Um, You know, there's a lot of options if if it's an amicable situation. Um, However, in a lot of cases, the purchasers get upset for obvious reasons. You know, they've given a deposit, they have financing ready to go, they've sold their own home or given up their rental unit so that they can move into this new unit they've purchased. Based on dates that were agreed on originally, right? Thinking, oh, hey, September 1st, we're in, and then... No, because just especially if this is your home, you can't just like not have a place to live. Like you have to right, get exactly. this shit in order. So what can happen is, like I said, they can sign an extension. If that's not an option, I mean, it can get very, very messy very quickly. Um, there is the possibility of lawsuits, uh, you know, for, for a loss of home against the seller. Um, but that's really something, again, that, that a seller of a home should, who has tenants should really discuss with a lawyer um, or with their real estate agent, um, as it's a little bit above the amount of money that I would be allowed to deal with as a paralegal. And those people right. would be able to help you um, navigate the sales contract a little bit better. Um, if you are a purchaser and you want the home and you are willing to take it over and you're going to close on the closing date and you know that there's tenants in there who may not want to leave, then that application that was filed by the seller can actually be transferred into the purchaser's name. So any applications actually move with the mm. property, not necessarily with the person um, when it comes right. to owners of, of the property. So if a purchaser was to take it over, then the paralegal or the legal representative, whoever they have helping them, would amend the application to take the old landlord's name off, put the new landlord's name on, and it would move forward in the same process. Wow, that's good. So it seems mm-hmm. like there are bases that can be covered and options for people. Yeah. Obviously, the thought of going through like the legal system... I hope you don't take offense for this. Seems extremely daunting. <laughs> like, yes. I don't know if that's offensive for you or if, or if you agree. It's it's, uh, it's not offensive because that's exactly what I'm here for. That's what paralegals right. and lawyers are here to do is to help you go move through a system that is incredibly daunting. Yeah, and, of course. And not only because we don't know what the hell is going on and 
somebody like you will have to tell us um but also because it seems so lengthy like when you want someone out of your house you want them out today you don't want them out in a year like is that the turnaround or is it really like years um it depends um if everything is done properly and you know your notices are issued correctly and you file your application on the soonest date you can um and you get everything into the Landlord-Tenant Board, all of your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed, your dates are all correct. It's really, really important to read all of the instructions when filing or filling out forms, which, again, is why you would have a paralegal or a lawyer help yeah, you. Yeah, because I never um, do that. Right? Then then you would, you'd right now, turnaround time of the Landlord-Tenant Board is anywhere between three and five months. That doesn't mean that you're going to get an order that day. It could still be 60 days down the road, and they will encourage you to go to mediation and come to a consent anyway, which is oftentimes better because then it still goes into an order from the Landlord-Tenant Board. It's still enforceable, but it's something that you both agreed on, so it gives... Um, it really gives both sides less grounds to fight what the order says because it was an agreed upon thing. Right. True. And I mean, again, that's exactly why you exist, like people in your field exist, but it's also like a very emotional thing. And I know if it was me and I have sold a house and I have tenants and they're just being shitty people and they don't want to leave. I mean, I understand if it's like you can't evict in the middle of winter, you can't just toss people out for no reason. But like, you know, maybe you have tenants that haven't been great. They don't pay. They've damaged the property. Yeah. What if they are destroying the property in winter? You've made these agreements and they're just not sticking, like sticking with them. Um, I can just, knowing myself, be so like emotional. Like it would take me so much to not like break down their door and be like, is that? F out of my house yeah, or I'm, I'm going to kill here. you like by your hair which is why you also need a paralegal who can kind of just handle all of that stuff all of those communications because yeah it, I have the personality where I'd be like I'm going to kill someone like mediate that disrespect not literally <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to threaten someone or like I, there's nothing I can say no I, I feel like legally. I would do that too I would yeah, yeah because you're just so like if you tried the amicable route from day one and you think it's going along or it's not being amicable from the other party, like, it's just so maddening. Like, even when you, you everyone knows what it's like to be in an argument and, like, it's not going your way or when you just have a bad day, you're just, like, Especially ready to pull like your, your hair thing. out. I, I yeah, still think I like, can get past the, like, yeah, I know it's your home, but it's my fucking shit. Like, get out. I, I feel like that's where I'd it. be, like... Yeah, like I think, and that obviously goes to say that like there's a very different personality types or mindset. Like I could never be like, I'm just going to stay actually and not pay. Okay. So, although I will say, I, I would have said that too before this conversation, but going through this conversation, I rent right now. Yeah. Um, we're saving for our own house. Obviously in this market, it's a fucking shit show, you know, to do that. Yeah. So it's not being, it's not happening yet. Um, but That's right now, if my t- landlord came to me and was like, you have to leave, I'd be like, yeah. uh, where the fuck do you think I'm going? Yeah. yeah right? But again, you'd have to be given, you'd have to be asked to leave through notice of like, and all mm-hmm. the like re- regular things or that yeah. things that you can be asked to leave for construction, right. sale, moving well say they back say it was any of those real things and i'd be like this fucking sucks i guess i would just leave but i i guess i would just have to leave but i feel they like also that would have to suck give you to be told to leave and how much notice do they have to give nadine three months 
So it depends on what the notice is. Um, I want to circle back in a moment too to a comment you made. So so don't let me forget. Um, She's like, so, don't make those comments. <laughs> no, no, that's not I'm even circling what back I'm to tell say. you not to say that. <laughs> I'm going to debunk a myth, actually. Oh, um, good. So, oh, yes. So time frame for notice. Uh, it depends on what the notice is, but generally, if it's say an, an N12 notice, so because somebody wants to move into the house, whether it be the owner or a purchaser or a family member. You have to give 60 days, but it also has to go till the end of the rental period. So if I was to issue a notice today to a tenant, um, it's the 21st of March. So that would be um, April 21st, May 21st. And the end of the rental period is the last day before rent is due. So if rent is due on the 1st, then I would have to give them until May 30. I don't know how many days are in May. First, 30. The last, okay, so till the last day 31st. of May would be the... <laughs> right. Would be the would be the eviction date on the notice so you get a you would get 69 days Plus essentially days. yeah right. okay okay right. now um it is not illegal to issue an eviction in the middle of winter so so oh, if you oh. are a tenant do not believe that you get to stay just because it's cold outside that's not how that works um if there's a valid reason for the eviction the landlord tenant board does not care what month it is they will, if you have had proper notice and there's no reason that you should be staying, they will evict. So, yeah, it um, makes sense because especially since we have winter for like nine months of the year. So like you have right. a three month window to like get people no. out, which is insane. <laughs> I was just thinking that winter is so short. I wish it was another month longer. Oh, oh my God. You want 10 You're months one of, of the year. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I guess we're assuming that people aren't just going to be going from evicted to homeless on the road, right? Right. Right. So again, that's why it's important for the landlord to issue the proper notice so that the tenant does have that time to figure out where they're going. And if they can't find a place to talk to the landlord. (laughs) Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Like, what if, okay, you got your 60 days plus maybe even got 90 days and you for some reason still haven't found a place to live and the landlord's like, no, like I I can't give you more time for whatever reason that is within their rights. Right. What happens? Can you get thrown out on the street? Kind of? So not without the not without an order from the landlord tenant board, but if it goes to a hearing, you would want to be able to prove that you have been looking for a place and legitimately have not found one. Um, and how do you that prove be, that? You know, copies of Google ads search? that you've replied to, proof, yep, you know, Google search that you've you've looked for these places and make sure the date stamp is on there so that you have proof of the time frame. Um, you know, if you've sent emails to ads, bring copies of those emails to the hearing so that you can say, no, look, I emailed 35 places and nobody got back to me. Um, screenshots from your cell phone. If you make calls from your cellular phone, I'm old school and still have a landline also. So that would be a little bit harder if I was in that position. Um, you know, there's there's multiple ways of proving that you've done your due diligence, which will help you at a hearing to to get a little bit more time. Okay, so they will give you more time if you can prove it. But like that could yeah. totally end up screwing over the landlord, though, right? Like yeah. even if everything's done by the book and the tenant and the tenants agreeing, they can yeah, like they're saying, I will they go. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a really rough situation for both parties there's just um, no black and white in any of there is these scenarios everybody believes that law is black and white and it is not it is it is the most gray type of industry you could possibly be involved in so because everyone again, has their own way to i guess interpret. read the law interpret the law <laughs> right 
And everybody, again, it goes back to emotional situations too, like how you feel. Like I feel that I'm being treated unfairly. I and and that causes a different emotional reaction, which can make people do things that they maybe otherwise wouldn't do, or exactly, um, which can open up a whole other can of worms. But I love that you said, do not believe that just because it's cold outside, you can't get evicted. If you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, or there's like like fair reasons that you need to be removed from the home or evicted or whatever like you can because I do really think I did think that oh it's winter you can't get kicked out because it's winter and you can freeze and die outside so I thought that for sure too um but is that true of shelters that are something like is that true at all for people who are actually homeless so shelters are a whole different situation and I will honestly tell you I do not know nearly enough about shelters to even comment um it's okay it's totally outside my realm of comprehension. Um, thankfully, I'm very thankful that I don't know because you know that would for be, sure. I yeah. I don't I don't know the rules. But if you are in a situation like that, make sure that you know the rules before you you go or or however it works because that's important. Yeah, too. I guess that's the truth with everything. Just always make sure you're educating yeah. yourself. Um, yeah. And when it comes to your home and your living situation, it is no light matter. It's the most important right. thing in your life. Like we Shelter. should know about Absolutely. it. Yeah, and this is it something, is. like, as a renter, I do not know mm-hmm. anything about it. Like, my landlord could call right. me today and be like, okay, uh, you're out. But yeah. here's a question. Um, okay. So I live in a house. I rent a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live on the top floor, and I have a, te- a neighbor tenant underneath me. Uh, mm-hmm. And she smokes. And she's not supposed to smoke, and she still does. And it sucks. Okay. Do yes. I have any rights in this situation? Like, how are we going to get rid One- of this bitch? 100 <laughs> percent um so you're have you have you spoken to your landlord about this person yes. below you who is smoking and you have a shared ventilation system i assume or you would yeah probably yeah not we're in know just one that house she's smoking okay. i can vouch for jess it stinks sometimes yeah and yeah, i've literally so, taped up my vents right oh that's bad so your best bet would be to go to the landlord tell them that um you know this is happening could they please deal with it? You know, if it's supposed to be a non-smoking building and your lease says non-smoking, you know, does her lease, you can't ask to see her lease, but her lease should also say non-smoking. Um, and it's up to your landlord then to issue a notice to deal with this. So your landlord right. would issue an N5 for interfering with reasonable enjoyment of another tenant. Um, it of would life, provide of lungs. a date. <laughs> yep. It would provide Safety. a date for her to fix the issue. And if she doesn't fix it, then you, you know, it's your job to still stay in contact with the landlord and say, hey, this is still happening. Did you issue a notice? What's going on? Um, you know, and if your landlord is like, no, I didn't issue a notice. Don't worry about it. And it, it's ongoing and your landlord refuses to assist, then you can file an application at the landlord tenant board to have it dealt with that way. And it would not or be call against Nadine. the person. Or call me and I will do it for you. Um, so... <laughs> You would, you would um, t- take your landlord to the landlord-tenant board. That's the motivation for your landlord to deal with this issue. Um, and if they do deal with the issue and it stops, excellent, you get to move forward. If it doesn't stop and your landlord is trying to deal with it, then they are responsible for issuing a notice and an application to take that tenant to the landlord-tenant board for interfering with your reasonable enjoyment. Okay. I'm not going to do any of those things, but because I plan to leave. It's my motivation to leave. But I think it's important for people to know about these things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people probably don't take the steps because 
quite frankly, it's a ton of work and it's a lengthy process and anything could happen in the time. Like you go through, get halfway through this process Mm -hmm. and they leave or someone right. dies, God forbid, or whatever. I mean, like she might could change this crazy bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not wishing death well, on anyone. She, she says she does. She's going she, to all the time. She, these are her <laughs> words, not mine. But um, and I'm not saying like I appreciate you telling all that. But, and, and the reason I'm saying I'm not going to do all those is because I want to leave. And this motivates me right. to, to leave really, really fast. But if I yep. were planning to stay here, um, I don't want to smell cigarettes in my house. So. Uh, I would definitely be doing something about it, but I hope to be out of here, you know, within the next six months and, and it be all beho- behind me anyway. But um, I bet this happens yeah. a lot more than we think. Yeah, it does. Oh, for really sure. neighbors. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and just because you're the tenant and the fellow tenant, like they don't have different rights than you. So you still have options, right? right? Like you still right. are able to make changes. Mm-hmm. It's not just the reality you have to settle with so that's good yes. for people to be aware of exactly and you know you shouldn't have to worry about you know rocking the boat um because if there's some sort of repercussions from that tenant for your complaint then that's another another reason for your landlord to deal with it and and issue another notice and deal with having that tenant removed because everybody has a, a right to reasonable enjoyment of their home and you know, if somebody's interfering with that, then that's a problem. And and don't and it's... obviously don't don't cause issues for that tenant either. You know, if you're on the upper floor, so don't go stomping around and dropping things on the floor on purpose and doing all Fair. of those things because that will be bad. I won't start a start a tenant war. <laughs> yes, you know what? Yeah. She uh, to be honest, I walk really heavy on. I don't mean to. But so she's probably like, fuck it, I'm smoking. <laughs> so it's fair. So uh, you are no, already just... <laughs> in a war without knowing it. <laughs> I had no idea we were in a war. But <laughs> She's smoking because of your elephant feet. So. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> though, she she's nuts and I'm not trying to get involved with her. Um, we, we, you know, the, she's nuts. Um, so <laughs> I'm just trying to get, move on out. I was thinking about like, you know. Lauren, are you worried she's gonna hear this (laughs) no i hope she hears this stop smoking she probably can she's probably like fuck you bitch lighten it up (laughs) no it's crazy but anyways um maybe she's standing by the vent like blowing into it you know with a cold air turn she must because i literally have put gorilla tape around my vent and i don't know how it's still seeping through um and i like it's very strange but anyways um <laughs> just, just chaining down there so lucky okay. me but it's motive like i said it's motivation to get the fuck out of here and um yeah and hopefully i will soon <laughs> there yeah but i mean story. in other in other situations like i think people do feel scared because they maybe don't know mm-hmm. that they can even do anything so it's good that you right. said that like you shouldn't feel hesitant to raise mm-hmm. valid issues or valid concerns right. with your yeah living situation because like you said we all have a right to reasonable and enjoyable living Mm -hmm. and I think again for a younger person I probably would be like oh I don't know I don't know what to say like I don't know what to do now in fairness like I've been on the other side of the fence where I was much younger and when I was renting my now husband we rent an apartment we were super loud like we had complaints and we're like screw you man whatever we're just chilling we're just partying like what are you we're living life yeah and that's obviously how we also the used worst to talk. tenants ever like and but ugh. but now that i know and now that i've been like ha- have more information and like have 
not been Mm -hmm. in a landlord-tenant relationship before. Um, But now I have an appreciation. I can understand. And it's like, yeah, like it sucked. And I've been disrupted as a a Mm -hmm. tenant too by other people in a building. And it's like, this just sucks. Like, so I think importantly, like people, if you're going to rent or be a landlord, like just, just be cool. Like just be reasonable and fair and nice. And you probably won't end up having to call someone like Nadine or end up in court at the landlord tenant, um, tribunal yeah <laughs> but yeah, you know called, right okay is it or did you try to that up okay <laughs> good word it's, it's called the landlord tenant board but it is the tribunal so it's okay okay <laughs> and lauren what's a tribunal checked no i'm just kidding <laughs> don't even I will defer to nadine yeah <laughs> don't ask questions but i will i want to point out one thing uh as i know we're closing up but i want to just say i did appreciate how you emphasize that um from the get-go you know just have a conversation just chat yeah. because it didn't even occur to me that bringing like an, f- coming from a, an amicable space mm-hmm. is the right yeah. way to do it. Like obviously in my own experience, I didn't just go straight to the landlord and was like this fucking bitch. I did ask her a hundred <laughs> times like, um, why are you smoking? Yeah. I thought we were not supposed to smoke in here. But anyways, yeah. um, you know, so I, I do like that idea of first and foremost, like everyone is just a person. Not everyone is evil. Not everyone is trying to fuck with you. Right. So maybe yeah. just approaching it from a like a normal way, <laughs> you might get a yeah. little further than just like going and starting shit. Right. And also, you know, the like best. you said, Jess, like you're, yeah. we're all just people and most of us are reasonable mm-hmm. and rational and not intentionally out to disrupt anybody else's life. And that's another spot to like check yourself, check your emotions mm-hmm. before you just yeah. start being like, well, I'm going to call the landlord because I've also done over everything. Like, too. like I'm going to tell my boss or I'm going to tell the teacher or whatever. Like we've all done that. Yeah. So check yourself first. Go have yeah. a chat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Is there anything um, before we close out, like final tips or ideas or things that you want to leave us with? Um, so I just want to circle back again. Um, we did touch briefly on what happens if your tenant's not paying rent. If you're a tenant who is withholding rent for a non-valid reason, um, the landlord tenant board will very likely make you pay that rent. So it's easier to stay on top of it. Um, um, you know, uh, final tips, Je- definitely just hit the nail on the head. We're all just human beings. Um, you know, you, you're not always going to meet with somebody who is amicable and easy to get along with, but at least if you make the effort, that does go a long way in most cases um, and helps reduce misunderstandings. So give that a try. Um, you know, if, if you think you have a legal situation or you've heard something today that's maybe uh, made you think about your situation, go get legal advice from a lawyer or a paralegal who practices in landlord-tenant law. Um, Don't leave it hanging. It's much better to get that advice and get help ahead of time before it gets out of control. So, um, And cover your ass. That's right. CYA and be a good person. (laughs) Yeah, and again, (laughs) just going back to being, like, if you're a younger person and you're getting into Mm -hmm. a tenancy, um just maybe look into speaking with the paralegal first, depending on whatever agreement you may be entering into with another roommate or with the landlord, whatever the situation is, it will be worth it in the end um, just to have that like knowledge and that security. Yeah. And I will just say quickly too, um, because most of the time when you're younger, like say you're 20 and you're getting your first apartment, you're going to go to your parents for advice, but uh, things are very different. (laughs) 
right? Yeah. So things back in their day, especially like look at it, just our day, our first rentals. So yep. things are different now and we have gone through a pandemic and shit has changed. So um, yeah. even more so reason to educate yourself. And we talk about this all the time about how we are not taught enough stuff in school for real life. That's so right. this is just yeah. one of those things. So go talk to yeah, a parent. Your parents might not have all the right answers either. So um, yeah. don't good, say that out loud. My my 17-year-old might hear you and then he'll think I oh. don't know things. Stop that. <laughs> I know, Do my you have kids a 17-year-old? Like, ear to the door. Right. You <laughs> look 17. Yeah, I do. No, I'm an old lady, actually. <laughs> what? Wow. In what? disguise tell as a young tricks. lady? <laughs> yeah, tell us those lucky. tips. <laughs> oh, um... That's genetic, uh, the gene pool lottery right there. Don't, don't uh, eat properly drink too much sometimes don't sleep well those are my tips <laughs> wow you're coming back on the show to talk about anti-aging holy yeah. shit i'll wow, bring my mom very I feel young. like it's her fault well thank you um anyway thank well you. on that know. note <laughs> are you gonna say Maybe. that i look 17 too <laughs> oh yeah, you look 17 too jess she's like i'm not lying to you this i'm gonna i'm gonna podcast. blow your mind I just I just turned 37, so I really am like old. Okay, well, we're the same age. So Yes. I did know that from our conversation the other day. Wow. So wow, I like to not think of old. myself as old. Do I? We're the same age. Nadine, you just do not look 37. Not no, I'm just kidding. Neither of you do, obviously. Lauren, on the other hand, (laughs) Nadine, I'm just speaking to you on this one. No, just kidding. Of course, you're both beautiful. Uh, Wow. Well, thanks. You Uh, are too, Jess. Thank you. I mean, what does a girl need to do to get a compliment? (laughs) Right? You're throwing them out, and no one's giving them back. (laughs) Casting out there, and they're just going nowhere. Anything will do. (laughs) Just teasing. Um, anyway, yeah, hilarious, hilarious end to the show. Yeah. Um, I so Nadine, please tell our listeners where they can find you if they are interested in more information or to secure your services. Sure. Um, so my website is littleparalegalservices.ca. Uh, there is a contact form on there to fill out and send to me. Um, it does not constitute a paralegal client relationship, but it will come directly to my email. So I will be able to answer you. Um, my office phone number is 705-454-8005. So you can call me and leave a message. Um, and I'm always and- willing to, to call somebody back. So... Does it matter where and they're calling I, from? Do you have no nope. jurisdiction? Nope, doesn't matter. Um, if I can't help you, I'll send you to somebody who can. That's right. Just Ontario is the rule. Um, okay. And you can find me on socials. I have a Facebook and Instagram and a Twitter. So sometimes I post funny things or information. So you can check that out as well. For and sure. what's your handle on Instagram? At Little Paralegal Services. Um, and Perfect. I think Twitter is at Little Paralegal. <laughs> And as always, you can follow us at Herspective underscore podcast. Um, So yeah, if you're in one of these situations, get in touch with Nadine because she'll be able to help you out. Thank you so much, Nadine. This is awesome. We definitely learned quite a bit, actually. And I'm going to share (laughs) my knowledge with those that do not listen to our podcast, even though they should. Even though they need it. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me on the show, ladies. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nadine. Bye. Bye.